Good morning. So, did you guys got uh, good sleep last night? Hello. Okay, good morning. Welcome to CCF. So, I understand most of you are still asleep or sleepy. Sleepy, okay. Because everybody has been deprived of one hour sleep. So, just make sure, tell the person next to you. Wake up. Okay. So, we would like to welcome you to CCF for those who are new or... Uh, our visitors, we would like to welcome you and uh, uh, we would like to thank you for coming over and joining us in this uh, worship service this morning. So, Pastor Insong will be back on Wednesday. Okay, so you will see him on, on Sunday. So, I would like to encourage everybody to please pray for our pastor uh, as he travels back to the U.S. that God's traveling mercy will be with him. Amen? So, let's pray. Father, we thank you. For this time, you said in your words that where two or three are gathered in your name, you are in their midst. Thank you, Lord, for your presence here this morning. And I ask, dear Father, that uh, you will give us the mind of Christ. As we listen to your words, I pray that each words, Lord, will sink down in our hearts and will bear much fruit. Holy Spirit, I ask, Lord, that you will move in our midst, move from the left to the right, from the front to the back. And I ask, Lord, that uh, you will give us wisdom that comes from you. Thank you, Lord God, and we commit the service into your hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, just a few announcements. Right after service, the leaders of our Elevate will be having a meeting. There's going to be no fellowship with uh, the youth, but the leaders were asking you to stay for a planning session with Francis and jam, right, Francis? So lunch will be served by Francis. <laughs> okay, and we would like to greet the following happy birthday. Nina C yeah. on the 13th. Okay, I don't know this person. Dondi Beltran. Uh, they call him Soren. Okay, he's upstairs. Okay, Sean Paragas, the 15. Christina Villar. Okay. And of course, Joe Misena. Joe Misena is on the East Coast. He's having his birthday on the 16th. Amen. So, uh, happy Sunday, everybody. Okay, so... Um, we would like to continue our series on the book of Exodus. And for the past three or four Sundays, we've been talking about the Ten Commandments. Are you enjoying our lessons or our teachings on the Ten Commandments? Yes. Are you learning something? Yes. Okay, so I know last Sunday we were 30 minutes over time. So I'd like to apologize today, probably about an hour over time. Is that okay? <laughs> Okay, so we've been talking about the perfect ten. What's the perfect ten? That's the Ten Commandments. In the olden days, they don't call it Ten Commandments. They call it the Decalogue. The Decalogue or the words. And uh, we, we base our uh, teaching on the Ten Commandments 
based on the book of Exodus chapter 20. And uh, we've said last Sunday that the perfect law, which is the perfect ten, or the Ten Commandments, if you will call it, was given to us by our perfect God out of His perfect love for each and every one of us. The Ten Commandment was not, Commandments was not given to restrict us, but simply because of God's perfect love to each and every one of us, He, want, he wanted our lives to be guided uh, by, by, by Him. And that's why He gave us the Ten Commandments. And uh, the Ten Commandments is not able to save us. Okay, it will not lead us to salvation because no matter what we do, none of us can do all the commandments. But Jesus fulfilled the law and the Ten Commandments always points to Jesus. It tells us that the standard of God is high and because His standard is high, we cannot achieve or we cannot reach that standard therefore we need a savior and that savior is jesus christ early this morning uh brother eric mentioned to us that it is important that we accept that gift that is given to us and that gift is the gift of salvation that gift is jesus christ so if any one of you here has not uh, had that faith or relationship with Jesus Christ, I would encourage you, you can always approach us right after service and we can, we can share with you how it is to be, uh, to be born again. So the Ten Commandments. Why do we need to obey the Ten Commandments? Number one, we distinguish ourselves as God's people. Second, it shows proof of our love to God. And lastly, we become more effective witnesses for Jesus. Okay? Exodus 20, verse 1. Then God spoke all these words, saying, It was God who handed down the ten laws to the children of Israel. It was not Moses. It was not any other prophet, but it was God himself. Then God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. God introduced himself as the sole, uh, uh, as the sole individual who has brought out the children of Israel out of slavery. So in our times, we may not be in bondage in Egypt, but some time ago, some of us were in bondage of sin. And it, is not, it was not religion who brought us out of that bondage. It was the power of the living God. And God is saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol or any likeness of what is in heaven above or on the earth, beneath or in the water, under the earth. You shall not worship them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children on the third and the fourth generations of those who hate me, 
but showing loving kindness to thousands to those who love me and give, keep my commandments. So we have been studying that the first four commandments of the Ten Commandments deals with our relationship with God. And God was say, saying that you shall have no other gods before me. Gods does not only represent the graven images that we see in other, in other sanctuaries, but it represents many things in our lives. Pastor Insong showed us this chart when he first started the Ten Commandments. All of these are good. I want to have a house. I want to have a good car. I want to have uh, good clothes, shoes, etc., so on and so forth. Unfortunately, if these things go in between us and our God, anything that goes be between you and God is an idol. And we have also learned that idolatry is adultery. Why? Because God requires that He alone should be worshipped. It may be some of us, our intellect. It might be our philosophy in life. Anything that exalts itself above the knowledge of God is an idol. According to David Martin Lloyd, he's a minister of the West, West Minister Chapel in London. He said that an idol is anything in our lives that occupies the place that should be occupied by God alone. If you are going to look at our lives, our hearts, it should be occupied by God alone. But if there is anything that occupies our lives apart from God, okay, God does not like that because it is idolatry. Amen? Last Sunday, we talked about taking the name of the Lord in vain. In verse 7, it says, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. And we have also learned that there are common ways, common things, where we take the name of the Lord in vain. One is insignificant purpose, using the name of God lightly and carelessly, and also using God's name to curse. Okay, we gave some examples last the Sunday, like we used to, the common uh, phrase that we hear is, oh my God, right? Or sometimes we would call the whole family, I, Jesus, Joseph, and Mary. Right? Or sometimes when we get some surprises, oh, Jesus Christ. We take the name of God very lightly. Okay? And sometimes we even use the name of God to curse. Second, personal motives. Some people would use the name of God for personal gain. Like sometimes you will hear in, in when, when, when you watch the TV, you would hear certain people say that, you know, God is telling me, etc., so on and so forth. Okay, but there are people who are using it for personal gain, for personal advances or personal motives. 
And lastly, we also said that whenever we misrepresent God, it is just like taking the name of our God in vain. So first, we are Christians before we become an employee. First, we're Christians before we become or before we are a student. That means it is, it is, it is expected of us not to take our Christianity lightly. Why? Because people are looking at us. We represent Christ. We have read last week that we are called ambassadors of Christ. As, and as ambassadors of Christ, people are looking at us and we represent God to the people around us. Amen? And we said also, what's supposed to be our attitude as far as the name of God? We should put reverence into it. We should worship it. We should worship the name of the Lord. As, as Jesus taught us in the Lord's Prayer, He said, Pray then in this way, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. At the mention of God's name, at the mention of Jesus' name, there should be reverence. We should worship His name. We should worship Him. Why? Because He is our God. Why? Because He is our Savior. Why? Because He is the Sovereign Lord. Nobody else can take place, can take place in the name of Jesus. And also we said that we need to, or since we represent Him, we are ambassadors of Christ. Our lives should show who we are. Our lives should show that we indeed are Christians because we carry the name of Jesus. In 2 Corinthians 5.20, Therefore, we are ambassadors of, of Christ. This morning, we're going to talk about the fourth commandment. Exodus 20 verse 8, everybody, remember to keep the Sabbath day, to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work. You or your sons or daughter, your male or your female servant, or your cattle or your sojourner who stays with you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So this morning, I've titled my message as Happy Sabbath. We hear people say, Happy Sunday. This morning, I got a text from my son. Dad, Happy Sunday. In the office, we often say, Happy Friday. You seldom hear people say, Happy Monday, right? <laughs> it's always Happy Friday. Why? Because the following day is no work. TGIF. Thank God it's Friday. My office mate was teaching me how to say it in Spanish. Uh, gracias, Señor, es 
Viernes. Okay, so for the Spanish-speaking people, gracias, Señor, es domingo. Thank God it's Sunday. How many of you this morning when you woke up, you said, thank God it's Sunday? <laughs> Honestly, this morning when I woke up, I told my wife, what time is it? She said, 6.19, I believe. I said, oh, 15 more minutes. Right? Because... I know we're deprived of sleep this morning or last night. So happy Sabbath or happy Sunday. How do I put this in? Okay, what does Sabbath mean? Sabbath came from the Hebrew word Sabbath or Shabbat, meaning rest. How many of you here enjoy resting? Okay, how many of you here enjoy sleeping? Okay, so everybody enjoys rest. How many of you think that we need rest? Wow, almost everybody. And how many of you think or feel that you need rest after rest? Sometimes when you go on vacation, after vacation, what do you need? I need rest. Because you go on vacation, not to rest, but what? To do a lot of things, to catch up with household chores. Right? And after that, oh, I'm going back to work, I need rest. Everybody needs rest. That's why we enjoy rest. Amen? So this morning, I'm going to, I have an acrostic rest okay so rest we've read earlier remember keep the sabbath holy now when you talk of sabbath usually there's a lot of questions when are we going to celebrate sabbath is it a saturday is it a sunday how many of you believes that we celebrate sabbath on a saturday how many of you believe that we celebrate Sabbath on a Sunday? How many of you will not raise your hands even though I ask whatever I ask? <laughs> okay, so there's a lot of questions about Sabbath. Is it a Saturday? Is it a Sunday? A Friday? A Monday? Or, or what? What if I am working on a Sunday? What if I am working on a Saturday? Does that mean that I am violating the Sabbath? So these are the questions that people ask. I, I remember there was this story. I was uh, one of the pastors of Victory Christian Fellowship. He went to Israel. And he noticed in Israel, there are, there are two elevators in the hotel that he's staying. And one of the elevator, it's, the line is really long. Okay? And there's another elevator wherein nobody's trying to get in. So he asked the front desk, is this elevator working or not working? I said, oh, it's working. And they said, why is it that everybody is lining up on that elevator? Oh, that they call it the Sabbath elevator. You know, the Sabbath elevator, he said, that it stops on every floor. Okay, because to the Jews, 
it is work whenever they press the button of the elevator. Okay? Because for them, Sabbath, they, they really don't work. So for them, pressing the elevator is work. That's why the elevator automatically stops in every floor. So what if you are staying in a hotel with 40 floors? Okay, so what he did, he said, oh, anyway, this, the other elevator is okay, I will go to the other elevator. So as soon as he, he, he went in front of the elevator, all the other Jews followed him. And when he got in, guess what? Please press floor number. Please press floor number. Okay, how many of you think that that's stupid? Right? They, they don't want to press the... Because what? It's work. Very legalistic. But you know what? There are people who are like that. When the Ten Commandments was given, when it was given as keep the Sabbath day holy, I was uh, reading through some literature. I learned that out of that, that the, the Jewish people created 39 more laws related to the Sabbath. Probably included in that, you cannot press the elevator button. Absolutely, they cannot work on Sabbath. For those of you who are working with Jewish bosses or Jewish employees, that's their tradition, that's their customs. They cannot work on Sabbath. So rest. Rest, a very nice word. What does R mean? Remember. Exodus 20 verse 8, it says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Remember. Why do we need to remember to make the Sabbath day and keep it holy? It's the Lord's day. So, if it is the Lord's day, Monday can be a Lord's day, right? Tuesday can be a Lord's day. Okay, let the Bible answer us. In fact, when the Ten Commandments was given, Sabbath was an institution that was already existing. That's why the wordings that God used is remember. Remember means it's already there. Remember means that it's already being done. But he is reminding the children of Israel, remember to keep the Sabbath day and make it holy. God sanctified the seventh day. In Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 to 2, it says, Thus the heavens and the earth were completed and all their hosts. By the seventh day, God completed his work. In some translation, it says, by the end of the sixth day, God completed his work, and he rested on the seventh day. So by the seventh day, God completed his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. So if you go back to creation, God created everything in six days. He created man on the sixth day. 
He created the garden and then he created man and after that he rested. Verse 3, Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. The second time that Sabbath was mentioned was when he instructed them to gather manna every morning. Remember, they were they were asking God for food because the children of Israel were in the wilderness. Okay, let's look at Exodus chapter 16. Now on the sixth day, they gathered twice as much bread, two omers for each one, when all the leaders of the congregation came and told Moses. Then he said to them, This is what the Lord meant. Tomorrow is a Sabbath of servants. A holy Sabbath to the Lord. So remember, in creation, God already instituted Sabbath. He rested on the seventh day. Fast forward, when the children of Israel were in the wilderness, God told them that on the sixth day, you are to gather us twice because the following day is Sabbath. So this is what the Lord meant. Tomorrow is Sabbath observance. A Sabbath, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake and boil what you will boil. And all that is left over put aside to be kept until morning. So they were instructed that on the sixth day, they have to do everything. So that on the seventh day, they call it Sabbath, they are to rest. So they put it aside until morning as Moses has had ordered, and it did not become foul or was there any worm in it. Okay, let's backtrack a little bit. When God instructed them to gather manna, probably there were some Filipinos out there, okay, who tried to hoard the manna. The instruction was for them to just gather manna enough for the day. What did they do? I will get more so that tomorrow I will probably sleep, but I still have the manna. What happened when they did that? There were okay, worms in the manna that they kept supposed to be for the following day. But in here, when they obeyed God, when they started to work and do everything on the sixth day, they noticed that the following day, the food was still good. Why? Because God instructed them to rest. Verse 25, Moses said, Eat it today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. So Moses was telling them that since today is Sabbath, you are not to go out and gather the manna that you used to gather in the morning. Why? Because even if you go out, there's going to be no manna. There's going to be no food outside. Verse 26, Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, called the Sabbath, there will be none. It came about on the seventh day 
that some of the people went out to gather, but they found none. Okay, hard-headed, right? They were already instructed, don't go out there because there's no manna. What did they do? They still went out to look for manna. Just like I remember when I was in elementary, the teacher will say, okay, get a piece of paper. We're going to have a quiz. Ma'am, a piece of paper. Okay. So they were, just not told, they were just told not to go out on Sabbath because there's no food. What did they do? They still went out to find out if there's food. Then the Lord said to Moses, How long do you refuse to keep my commandments and my instructions? See, the Lord has given you the Sabbath. Therefore, he gives you bread for two days on the sixth day. Remain every man in his place. Let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. Imagine God is already giving them a time to rest and still they don't want to rest. Right? You know, sometimes we're like that. We're already told rest. What do we do? We keep on doing it just like yesterday at around it's almost past eight or nine my wife is still cooking i told her stop it rest tulukana oh i'm almost done and you know what do we do sometimes we keep still keep on doing things okay but god is already telling them rest and still they don't want to rest they still want them to gather manna so now the question is, what day is the Sabbath day? From what we read, they are to work six days. And on the seventh, they are to rest. So if you, will, if you know your calendar, okay, they are to work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Therefore, Sabbath is hmm? Sunday? No. The first day of the week is Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So if Sunday is the first day of the week, okay, if we follow the formula here, Sabbath is on a Saturday. The children of Israel celebrate Sabbath by Friday midnight up to Saturday midnight. Whole 24 hours, that's the Sabbath. So, in our days, why are we celebrating Sabbath on a Sunday? Why do we go to church on a Sunday? That's the question. Okay. Did the Bible change? Was there anything in the Bible that says from now on, Sabbath will be the first day of the week? Nowhere can you find it in the Bible, but let's try to look at it. Why we're doing what we're doing right now. Okay, but before we go to that, do you know where we got the five-day work week? Because the Bible says you are to work six days, and on the seventh, you will rest. Right? The ratio is six is to one. Six days you are to work, one day you are to rest. 
But generally, why is it that nowadays we work five days a week and then we rest two days? Okay, where did it start? Okay, uh, I was looking at uh, the internet last night and I saw this one. It started in 1922. Okay, they published this in 1926. On this day in 1926, Ford Motor Company becomes one of the first companies in America to adopt a five-day, 40-hour week for workers. Okay, in its automotive factories. So eventually, they started the 40-hour work week or five days work week. Because the son of Henry Ford said that he believes that people or the workers need two-day rest. Because they have Jewish workers and Christian workers. The Jewish workers were asking the son of Henry Ford, give us Saturday as our Sabbath. And then here comes the Christians. They were saying, give us Sunday as our Sabbath. So to avoid further complication, anyway, he said people need to rest at least two days. They can do their religious uh, obligation or religious uh, celebration. And then they can spend time with their families. That's why they had a five-day work week. So... Thank God for Henry Ford, right? Otherwise, we will all be working six days. However, some of us still work six days. Why? Because that is the nature of our job. Okay, but the children of Israel, when they were in Egypt, they were actually working seven days a week. Imagine they were, they were building the pyramids, they were building the cities of Pharaoh, and they've been doing that seven days a week without rest. That was why when they went out of Egypt, God told them to observe the Sabbath. Why? First and foremost, our body needs rest. Who among you here can work seven days a week without rest? Can you raise your hand? Our bodies are designed to rest. Either you voluntarily rest or you are mandatorily given the rest, wherein you rest in peace. <laughs> if you don't want to rest in peace, then you need to volunteer your body to rest. Our bodies need sometimes to recuperate. Our bodies need rest. We need sleep. But hey, don't sleep while you are at work. <laughs> and then tell your supervisor, our pastor said that our body needs rest. Okay, your supervisor will fire you, I tell you, if you do that. Okay. Jesus abolished the innumerable restrictions on Sabbath. So when Sabbath was initiated or was instituted, the religious people in those days came up with 39 more laws and restrictions on the Sabbath. They cannot pick up anything. They cannot work. They cannot cook. 
etc. so on and so forth. Very restrictive. Okay? That's why during Jesus' time, he abolished those things. Okay? Let's look at Matthew chapter 12, verse 1. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. And his disciples became hungry and began to pick up the heads of grain and eat. But when the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, Look, your disciples do what is not lawful to do on Sabbath. But he said to them, Have you not read what David did when he became hungry? He and his companions, how he entered the house of God and he, they ate the consecrated bread which was not lawful for him to eat nor for those with him but for the priests alone? Or have you not read in the law that on the Sabbath the priests in the temple break the Sabbath and are innocent? But I say to you that something greater than the temple is here. But if you had known what this means, I desire compassion and not a sacrifice, you would not have condemned the innocent. For the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. In other words, Jesus was telling them, okay, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. We have instituted this Sabbath. The problem with us is we added more laws to the Sabbath. And Jesus was saying that even David in the Old Testament, when he was hungry, he was hungry on the Sabbath day, what did he do? He went to get something to eat. And in fact, if you read the verses after this, when Jesus went into the synagogues, he found out he saw a man with a withered hand and he healed the sick man. And then he asked the Pharisees, is it unlawful to do good on Sabbath? Meaning, Jesus on Sabbath showed compassion. He prioritized compassion over sacrifice because of the innumerable laws that they have attached to the Sabbath. Look at Romans chapter 14, verse 5. One person regards one day above another. Another regards every day alike. Each person must be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day what does it say? Observes it for the Lord. And he who eats does so for the Lord. For he gives thanks to God. And he who eats not for the Lord, he does not eat and give thanks to the Lord. Therefore, no one is to act as your judge in regard to food or drink or in respect to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath day. Things which are a mere shadow of what is to come, but the substance belong to Christ. 
what Apostle Paul was saying is that let nobody, let no one judge you for the observance of Sabbath. If I will to interpret it in plain language, you can observe Sabbath on a Saturday. You can observe Sabbath on a Sunday. You can even observe Sabbath on a Monday. You can observe Sabbath on a Tuesday, Wednesday, a Thursday, or a Friday. Okay? For as long. Okay? We just read, you are doing it for the Lord. For as long as you are doing it for the Lord. Of course, in the Christian world, Okay, this started during the time of Constantine when he mandated that Sabbath will be done on a Sunday. Why was it done on Sunday? Probably he based it during the time when Jesus rose from the dead. Because the Bible says in Matthew that Jesus rose from the dead on the first day of the week, which was a Sunday. To make it uniform, Constantine declared that from now on, Sabbath is going to be on a Sunday. Are we violating the Word of God? No. Why? Because the Word of God is very clear. Let no man judge you for the celebrations that you are going to do. For as long as you do it for the Lord. Okay, so now, how do we observe Sabbath in the first 21st century? Is it okay to go to the beach on Sabbath day? Is it okay to go mauling on Sabbath day? Pastor Reg, we want to go to Las Vegas on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So is it okay then to do that? Am I not violating the Bible if I go to the beach and uh, do some sunbathing? I know some of you are thinking, oh, it's almost summer. Okay. So how do we observe Sabbath in the 21st century? Let's go back to the Word of God, Exodus 20, verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. What does keeping it holy means? Holy means setting it apart. It's a different day. Let's look at Leviticus chapter 23. I like it. I like how it was translated in the Amplified Version. In the Amplified Version, it says, For six days, Work may be done. But on the Sabbath day is the Sabbath of complete rest. Okay? There's a comma. A holy convocation. What is a holy convocation? Calling together. You shall not do any work on that day. It is Sabbath 
of the Lord wherever you may be. Number one, number one, it doesn't tell you that when you celebrate Sabbath, you have to be in Las Vegas or you have to be in San Francisco because you have to celebrate Sabbath wherever you may be. However, there is a key word that I'd like to bring your attention. It says, a holy convocation or meaning calling together. What is calling together? A gathering of believers. A time that you set apart and you remember what God has done. Are you following? Remember what God has done. What has God done? In Genesis, He created everything. And on the seventh day, He rested and He made it holy. What else did God do? In, in Exodus, God provided manna to them. God provides all that we need. The topic for the past two Sundays is God is number one. If God is number one in our lives, can we not set aside one day a week to spend time with our God? Oh, it's Sunday. Pastor Reggie preaches very long. I remember when I was a kid, I grew up in a Protestant church. Sunday, when you wake up, 8 o'clock, you have to be in church for the Sunday school. Okay, how many of you remember that? Those of you who are from previous Protestant churches, right? The Sunday school. And after the Sunday school, we have an additional, the ad program. What is the ad program? It was a 30-minute to one-hour Bible study after Sunday school, okay, that teaches about church doctrines, etc., so on and so forth, church membership. And after that, you have worship service, okay, wherein the music director will let us sing 500 pages of that hymnal. Okay, and after that, the pastor will preach. Okay, and then the service ends at 1, 1.30. And after that, we are dismissed. And we go back at 2.30 or 3 o'clock. For what? We have our youth gathering. We, have, we, we go out to give away trucks. Okay, and we go out to share the gospel. And after that, at around 6.30, we go back. Because at 7 o'clock, we have Vesper service. Okay? And, you know, prior to that, on a Saturday, we're also in church to practice for the choir. Some of you are wondering, Pastor Reggie has joined the choir before? Yeah! You want me to sing? Okay? So, you have, you have, the, choir on, you have the choir on Saturday. Sunday, whole day for the Lord. 
And yet, people don't complain. They love it. Why? Because we are serving God. We have a day set aside for the Lord. And as life becomes complicated, now we only spend an hour and a half in church and we cannot even give it to God. Hello? You still love me? And then when the pastor extends time, I will not attend this church anymore. <laughs> when life becomes complicated, the cares of this world comes in between us and God. Of course, we understand that, you know, times are changing. Times are changing. It's not as simple as it was, uh, when was that, 10 years, 20 years ago. And that's why our programs are also changing. We're trying to adapt to the needs of the people. But the point that I'm driving at, whether you're spending time with God an hour every Sunday, two hours, three hours, four hours, we cannot judge. Why? Because the Bible says that what is important is you set aside the time, make it holy unto the Lord. Make it holy unto the Lord. Okay, let's move on. Okay, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 and 24, it says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day growing near. So Paul is telling the Hebrews, telling us that we should not forsake the gathering of fellow believers like this one. Why is it important? Because when believers gather together, we strengthen one another. When, God, when believers gather together like this, we worship God together. There is always power when we worship God together. Of course, you can worship God alone you can worship god with your family with your children but you know there is that corporate power that anointing when we gather together and worship god now if you cannot come on a sunday because of certain things god knows our heart we cannot judge you again we've learned that anything that comes in between you and God is what? Idolatry. So whether you are in Las Vegas, whether you are in San Francisco, whether you are in Los Angeles, whether you are in Hong Kong or in China, on a Sabbath day, it is between you and your God. 
Amen? Now, Apostle Paul, in the book of Acts, chapter 20, verse 7, we can see from this that they celebrated the Sabbath on a Sunday. Okay. On the first day of the week. What is the first day of the week? Sunday, right? First day of the week is Sunday. On the first day of the week, when we were gathered together to break bread. In the early church, when they worship God, breaking of bread is always there. In our common language, it is the communion. Breaking of bread. Paul began talking to them, intending to leave the next day, and he prolonged his message until midnight. Don't look at me like that. Huh? Okay. So the early church, they were celebrating Sabbath on first day of the week. There's nothing wrong with that. If you want to celebrate it on Saturday, it's fine. But it is always best that when you celebrate the Sabbath, you are celebrating it together with fellow believers. Fellow believers. Fellowshipping with one another is very important because it we draw strength from each other. We are encouraged from one another. Amen? Okay. Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. That means God instituted the Sabbath for us to what? To celebrate. For us to enjoy. For us to benefit from it. Meaning, God is saying, we should not be restricted as far as the Sabbath is concerned. Remember, now what's E? When we celebrate the Sabbath, we need to enjoy. Say it with me, enjoy. enjoy. Nowadays, nowadays, some people, even when they are resting, it is as if they're working. Right? For example, my role, okay, even if I am home, I am required to have my phone on, okay, and I need to pick up the phone whenever somebody calls me. And I need to respond emails when somebody needs my attention. So even if I am resting, theoretically, I am still working. Right? There are like the doctors, for example. Even when they're already home, they're always on call. Why? Because they have patients to attend to. Sometimes you don't enjoy it. But the Bible is telling us we need to enjoy 
the Sabbath. Okay. Let's look at Genesis chapter 2, verse 2. Everybody, please. By the seventh day, God completed His work which He had done, and He rested on the seventh day from all His work which He had done. Why do you think God rested? Was He tired? Do you think God gets tired? But why is the Bible telling us that He rested? Did God sleep on the seventh day? It says here He rested. What do you think? The reason why God rested after the six days of work, He sat down to look at His creation and enjoyed His creation. That's what it means. So when we are resting, we need to enjoy. When we have family time, most of the time we are distracted by that little thing. And sometimes even when we are having our dinner, we are looking at our cell phones. We are not enjoying. When we go on Sabbath, let us enjoy. Let us enjoy our family. Let us enjoy our children. You know what? Time flies. My daughter just celebrated her, her birthday yesterday. And I was actually looking back when she was still a baby, when she was small. And I said, time flies. And now when you, think, when you say, time flies, what comes to my mind? How I wish I could have done this. I could have done that. Parents, time flies. On Sabbath, day of rest, let us enjoy our family. A time to enjoy. A time to have dinner with the whole family. A time to have lunch with the whole family. We had a good breakfast yesterday. Somebody gave us dried fish. Okay, how many of you believe that dried fish, there's also dried fish in heaven? <laughs> dried fish is good, right? We enjoyed the food together, although we're missing one family member, two family members. But we enjoyed the breakfast. I always look forward to that. And I would encourage us on Sabbath, let us enjoy our family. Let us enjoy our friends. Because we will miss them when we start to age. Amen? E. What is S? Sabbath is a sign. Kayo, huh? They said S is for sleep. Okay, S 
the Sabbath is a sign. Exodus 31.13 But as for you, speak to the sons of Israel, saying, You shall surely observe my Sabbath, for this is, everybody, a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. A sign. What is a sign? In every covenant that God initiates with us, there is always a sign. When God instituted the Noahic covenant, okay, what was the sign? The rainbow. When He initiated the Abrahamic covenant, what was the sign? Circumcision of the male. There's always a sign. And when God brought out the children of Israel out of bondage, what was the sign that He initiated? The observance of the Sabbath. The observance of the Sabbath does not make you a Christian. The observance of the Sabbath does not make you holy. But it is just a sign. And what is that sign? It is a sign that no one, we cannot get rest apart from Jesus Christ. How many of you have seen a sign? For those of you who are going to Las Vegas, you will always see signs. It says, this way to Las Vegas. Okay, there is that huge sign. Exit on this exit, then you will go to Las Vegas. How many of you, when you see the sign Las Vegas, you will go down to your car, Oh, praise God, we are now in Las Vegas. No, right? Because it is just a sign. And what is that sign? That sign is leading you to Las Vegas. The sign of the Sabbath is leading you to who? Leading you to Jesus. Because what? Jesus is the Lord of the Sabbath. He said, come to me, all of you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Apart from Jesus, we cannot get rest. That's why it is a sign leading us Telling us that apart from Jesus, there is no rest. Amen? Verse 14, Therefore, you are to observe the Sabbath, for it is holy to you. Everyone who profanes it shall surely be put to death. Okay? That's what they were doing before. If you violate the Sabbath, you will be put to death. For whoever does any work on it, that person should be cut off from among his people. For six days, work may be done. But on the seventh day, there is a Sabbath of complete rest. Holy to the Lord. And whoever does any work on Sabbath shall surely be put to death. So the sons of Israel shall observe the Sabbath to celebrate the Sabbath throughout their generation 
as a perpetual covenant. What does it mean? Perpetual? Never ending. Never ending. Because that is the covenant of God to his people. Exodus 31:17 It is a sign between me and the sons of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, but on the seventh day he ceased from labor and was refreshed. Okay. Rest. What is letter T? What? Okay. okay. R is remember. E is enjoy. S is for sign. And T is for trust. What happened? Oh, okay. T is trust. To the human mind, to the human mind, especially those who have two, three jobs, if you miss one day work, that's a loss on your pocket. Right? Am I correct or am I right? <laughs> it is a loss in your pocket to the human mind. And then you will only work five days a week? Oh, I lost two days of work. That's equivalent. How much is the minimum wage per day? About one, one thousand, 100 plus, right? Almost 200. Imagine I will lose 200 bucks from the day. But when God says that you are to rest on the seventh day, you know, God is going to take care for that day you think was lost. <coughs> Remember when they were asked to gather manna? If they gather twice on a Monday, what happens to the manna? Get spoiled. If they gather twice on a Wednesday, what happens to it? But when they gathered twice on a Saturday, what happened? It remains fresh. When we observe the Sabbath, it is as we are putting our trust in what God has said in His words. David said, I was young and I was old, but I have not seen the righteous forsaken. It is a distinction when people see that even if you don't work on a Sabbath day, God continues to bless us. Just like Chick-fil-A. Right? They close on Sunday. Even if People are telling them, why are you closed on Sunday? They believe that when they honor God, 
Peter Sabbath, they will still prosper. Always remember, it is God who gives us the ability to prosper and acquire wealth. To our young people, Ecclesiastes 12 verse 1 says, Remember your Creator in the days of your youth. It is not our ability. It is God's ability that is reflected in us. So Sabbath day is for the Lord. If because, I close with this in Isaiah 58, 13. If because of the Sabbath you turn your foot from doing your own pleasure on my holiday, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord honorable, and honor it, desisting from your own ways, from seeking your own pleasure, and speaking your own word, then you will take delight in the Lord, and I will make you ride on the heights of the earth, and I will feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. If you will honor the Sabbath, God says that I will give you the heritage of Jacob. It's not my words. It says, for the Lord has spoken. For the Lord has spoken. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your words. Lord, we wanted to continuously honor you, Lord God, on Sabbath. Some of us are not able to do the Sabbath on Sunday. Some of us are able to do it only on a Saturday. Some of us not even on a Saturday. Others are able to do it on a Monday or any day of the week. But Lord, thank you Thank you, Jesus, because you have removed all of those innumerable uh, decrees and laws that were attached to the Sabbath. Lord, the Sabbath is just a sign. And help us, Lord God, not to look on the sign, but to keep our focus on you. For those of us, Lord God, who are tired and weary, Lord God, help us, Lord God, so that we can always rest on you. For you said in your words that come to me, all of you who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Thank you for the rest. And apart from Jesus, we will not achieve any rest. This we pray in Jesus' name. I ask, Lord God, that you will bless this week for each and every one of us. Make us fruitful, O God, and I pray, Lord, that you will release your blessing upon each and every family that are represented here. I pray, Lord God, that people around us will see that indeed we have been blessed by you. 
People will see in us that there is peace in us. Thank you, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Uh, in CCF, we do not pass the offering plates, but there is a big box at the back. You can put your offering and your tithes. Remember, the Lord loves a cheerful giver. You are dismissed.